at SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. Start by speaking to Colin Nathan then. Colin, good evening from us here on SAFM. Thank you for taking our call this evening. Firstly, Viva, and thanks to you and the listeners uh, for giving me the platform to talk about something obviously we all love and it's a big fight. Is it a big fight? I think there hasn't been a lot of publicity around the third while the Fury fights, and I'm I'm not wondering that's because the second fight was so decisive, you know, with Fury just walking right through Wilder. So I'm excited about it. Um, I would think that Fury is definitely the favorite. You know, can Wilder knock him out? Absolutely he can. Do I think he will? It's a possibility, especially in heavyweight boxing. The problem, though, is I think Wilder's confidence is shot. That would be my opinion going into this fight. Uh, he's got a new trainer, a new team, a uh, new trainer, Malik Scott, who mm. he knocked out. He's a former previous opponent of him and knocked him out in one round. So <laughs> not quite sure the dynamics. And I've seen some strange training videos uh, a few weeks back with him doing lift work and dancing, and it's a little bizarre. But I think <laughs> I think Jerry wins this fight. Um, it would be an upset if he doesn't. But can you imagine, to be support just for one second, mm-hmm. that if Wilder does knock out Fury and the fight that everyone wanted is no longer, and I'm talking about Josh and Fury, all of a sudden you're talking Usyk and Wilder. And Wilder. That's just bizarre. You know, it's just crazy. And that's just heavyweight boxing. Can Wilder knock out Fury and can he win? Yes. Um, I think he's got a puncher's chance in this fight. I think mentally, like I'm saying, I think he's shot. Uh, I think that Fury... If he fights on the front foot like he did in the second outing, he's going to stop him and maybe even stop him earlier this time. But again, you know, this is heavyweight boxing. We don't really know what we're going to get, but I suspect that Fury does win this fight. But I remember when we spoke to you ahead of the second fight, you had felt that Fury, if I remember correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, you felt that Fury had done enough to win the first fight and you tipped him to, to, to win the second fight and he did win the second fight, right? Yes, correct. I, yeah. With the knockdowns in the first contest, I had a 114-112, so eight rounds to four with the two knockdowns. Mm-hmm. I just thought he boxed marvelously, you know, and, and in the second fight leading up to that, Fury was telling everyone who would listen that he was going to, you know, press the action, find him the front foot, and everyone thought he was lying. It's fucking crap. Because you can't do that against a nervous puncher, but that's yeah. exactly what he did. He kept Wild on the back foot, never allowed him to get any momentum or any leverage on his punches. And I suspect Wilder can't fight on the back foot. And I think if Fury's smart, which we all know he is, um, he will imply the same kind of tactics and maybe be even more physically forceful. One thing I do want to say, and this is a little off topic, uh-huh. it was plain to see that Fury was always going to have Joshua's number. And you saw that when Usyk, um, I don't want to say played with Joshua, but he really beat him convincingly. And it was just a, it was just a stunning result for World Global Boxing. So why are we still talking Joshua Fury if Usyk beat uh, Joshua? Well, there's a rematch clause, which um, Joshua wants to obviously enforce, and I'm told and I've read that he is going to enforce it. Mm. It'll be interesting to see how he adapts in that fight. And, you know, can can he beat Usyk? I think he can. Will he beat him in a rematch? I'm not so sure. You know, it was just such a dominant performance by Usyk. And again, it goes back to the saying, oh, you got to be over 100 kilograms or 110 kilograms to be effective in the heavyweight division. Well, no, you don't. No, you don't. Usyk proved that. 
obviously he's a master boxer. He, he's got great ring generalship and great timing, and he really is a marvel to watch. But it just shows you that if you've got you know the right game plan and, and you can take a good shot and, and you've got good fundamentals, you can be heavyweight champion if you weigh 100 or 105 kilograms. Okay. And, and, and back to this fight now. A lot's been said about Fury possibly having extra weight for this one. How do you think it will affect him if it will in any way, Colin? The, the one thing you've got to give credit to Fury is that he uses his weight effectively. And he did that effectively in the second fight. And, you know, again, we don't know what kind of shape both fighters are in, you know, uh, coming out of the pandemic. So... You know, it's great seeing videos and it's great seeing like mid work and everyone, anyone can look like a world champion if they catch a mid. So if you succumb to my gym tomorrow, I'll make you look like a world champion <laughs> if I catch mid for you. The point is, we don't know what what kind of effect uh, COVID had on these two athletes. Yeah. Um, and and we don't know. You know, Wilder talks a good game, and but the point is, is that he was on the canvas twice. He was taking one heck of a beating, and he, in South African terms, he got moored, good and proper. So, so we don't know mentally how he's going to shape up when he gets back in the ring because he can come and he came up with 613 excuses the last time. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what he brings this time around. I think it's more question of what's Wilder going to do differently as opposed to Fury going to be do, doing differently. So I'm, I'm excited for it. But again, it goes back to what I said when we started this interview. There hasn't been a lot of hype around this fight. Mm. And I think that's because the second bout was so, so conclusive in terms of the winner in being Tyson Fury. And and for you, are you as are you excited for this one, Colin? Or were two fights enough for you to be convinced? Look, I, I'm excited for all boxing, and you know, there's a, there's an expression that goes with boxing and then there's heavyweights. Of course, I'm excited for this. I was excited when I watched Joshua versus Usyk. I had a feeling Usyk might be a little too tricky and too smart for him. Mm. Um, but this fight, I'm quite convinced that Fury will do maybe not. Yeah, yeah, I'm quite quite convinced that Fury beats Wilder again and beats him convincingly. And do you expect Wilder to change his game plan because we we we, well, we know well, that he always looks for that one punch? Yeah, well, well, that's the thing. He's got to punch his chance. That's why you know you can't count him out. But but again, it goes back to what I said. With it's more questionable Wilder's going to do differently as opposed to Tyson. You know, remember Tyson in the first fight boxed you know very cautiously, kind of almost off the back foot and mm. boxed. Effectively, I thought, but still got the draws, the two knockdowns. And the second fight changed and made the, you know, he made the adjustment and he pressed the action on the front foot. So we know Fury can fight in both positions, on the front foot and on the back foot. Wilder proved in the second fight that he cannot fight on the back foot. So Malik Scott, his new trainer, is he going to bring all those new elements to his game? I can't see it happening. I can't see it happening. But again, I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. But this one, <laughs> this one, I think I'm going to be right for this one. <laughs> but do you, okay, do you think the change of, of the change in trainer is good for Wilder? Okay. I'm going to put it in perspective. His new trainer is a guy who knocked out in one round. Now, you answer that for yourself. <laughs> what, what credibility? What credibility and what track record does Malik Scott have at this level? There's levels in boxing. And you know it, I know it, the boxing fans listening to this interview know, know it too. You can't jump levels in the sport. You've got to go through those levels. And Malik Scott, I, I don't think, is the right, right fit for Wilder. Yeah, and, and the fact that their first fight is against Fury, eh? <laughs> it's, 
you know, it's a tall order fighting Tyson Fury, but it's a tall order in general, isn't it? Mm. And in the previous fight, I mean, uh, Waldo's corner was criticized for throwing in the towel. What did you make oh, of that man. decision? Man, I, I would have stopped the fight around the two earlier. He was just taking such a hiding. You know, like, I, I know it's heavyweight boxing, and I know Wilder can literally take you out with one shot, but at that stage, there was nothing left. Really, burst his eardrum in the contest. He was, he was dropped twice, and he was just taking an absolute beating. And I, to me, I just thought Mark Breeden did the right thing. And sometimes when you do the wrong, right thing, it leads to wrong decisions within the team. And I really don't think Mark Breeden deserved the criticism he got, from, from, particularly from the fight in Wilder. Okay. You've mentioned a few possibilities here, Colin Nathan. So how do you see the fight going then on Sunday morning, uh, SA time? Okay, look, listen, I, 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 I think Fury wins. I think Fury wins, and I think he wins convincingly. Mm. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that Joshua beats Usyk so we can get the fight on. But it's not <laughs> inconceivable that we could see Fury fighting Usyk. Or, again, you know, living in La La Land, which often we do in boxing, that you know, Fury gets knocked out against uh, 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 against Wilder, and Wilder ends up finding uh, Usyk. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. Never would have ever thought we'd be in this position, but we are in this position. Um, I suspect, though, that Fury does do the job uh, convincingly on, on Wilder, and that sets up another big payday for Fury, whoever that may be, if it's going to be against Usyk or Joshua going forward. Okay, let's just take a voice note that's come in on 0614104107. I just hope Deontay uh, sleeps early and doesn't wear a heavy costume this time so that he can win because last time he gave us excuses that why he didn't win but he was knocked out. He didn't even see what was happening. I hope he sleep. He doesn't have any excuse because now he needs to punch Fury in the face so that we can be happy as his fans. Thanks. Yeah, are those the million excuses you were talking about, Colin? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there were like 723, you know, <laughs> lost. Some, something wrong or his outfit was too heavy and, you know, it was just bizarre. I mean, I've never heard of so many excuses at that level. You know, he got a hiding, he got moved, good and proper, you know, accepted it, he come back from it. And, you know, how did something that he spent like two was it two hundred fifty thousand US dollars, or was it twenty five thousand dollars? Some some ridiculous amount on his gown, just getting into oh, the yes. ring. It's pathetic. Um, so again, you know, like I just hope that he leaves his, his excuses, you know, at home and, and he puts up puts up a good fight. Yeah, I think it said it was it was forty. 40,000 US dollars at the time. But yeah, looking forward to a good fight then. Let's see what happens if Fury does win it and we can see Fury Joshua if Wilder takes it and we see Wilder Usi. Colin, thanks for thanks for speaking to us tonight. What are you working on? What's coming up from your camp? Uh, there's a lot going on. I'm very close to finalizing on Chingavis Alvarado for Golden Boy and Rumble Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, still busy working on a Gawa versus Fazili and now Glamini versus Ramirez. So there's a lot going on in my office. Um, 
but that'll be our next interview, so you know how we roll. <laughs> okay, let's leave it there, Colin Nathan. Thanks for speaking to us, working on Sivan and Chinga against Felix Alvarado. How's that? that? That'll be a cracker of a fight there. Let's, um, um, okay, we're still welcoming your voice notes on 0614104107 if you have any views on Wilder Fury 3 or Fury Wilder 3 in Vegas. It, is, it will be on South African TV on a Sunday morning. Uh, so you don't have to stream then for that one and look around to see where you can find it. But let's, uh, we also put a call through to Vegas earlier today um, to find out how preparations for the fight are going. Uh, you heard from Colin Nathan. He said the build-up has not been that great. I was also looking around online this week for the 24-7 special that they do when they build up uh, to the fights and they take us through how the fighters are prepared. I haven't been able to find that. Maybe it must still be loaded today or maybe just like he's saying, the build-up is not that great. We won't even get our 24-7 so we, we can uh, get insight into how these fighters have been preparing for this fight. But we did put a call through to the U.S. There is a promoter called Louis Tapia. Um, he's spoken to us before here on SAFM. He also works closely with the Mayweather camp. He's actually brought boxers to South Africa before, including Lila Ali. I'm sure the people at Mecca know him very well. And um, I asked Louis Tapia about the build-up to the fight, and he shared his thoughts also about what he thinks will happen between Fury and Wilder in the third fight. Sport on on SAFM. Well, uh, I think that there are a lot of more people interacting in this fight than the last fight or the first fight that they had because and, uh, it's going to and, uh, uh, Wilder is going to have to it's going to have to prove that really uh, belong there, you know. Uh, and I really think that Wilder will do better this time. I really think that he will win the fight. He will stop Fury. Uh, so you know, people are very. Uh, in United, most of the United States, people are very interested in this fight. You know, there mm. there's been a lot of good promotion on uh, and TV. You know, radio station, newspaper, and I, I can see that a lot of people can wait for Saturday to see what happens. But I really think that I really think that Wilder is going to is going to stop Fury. And why is that? Why do you think like that, uh, Louis? Because you know, if you Fury lose the fight. I mean, uh, if Walter loses five, there's no place to go. It's done, mm. right? What else is he going to do? You know, his money is going to drop maybe 70% for next fight after that if he loses. I mean, he's making $35, $40 million now in this fight. And if he loses, next fight he's going to make, what, probably $500,000. And when you drop the purse from the fighter from that kind of money to not even 5% of what he's making now, uh, everything changed, you know, because uh, at that level, it's all about money. It's all about money, of course, winning the fight, but money has to a lot to do with it, the whole thing, you know. The last fight when he lost, and uh, I think that the fight, uh, they stopped it too early. The children never stopped the fight in March Brillen, mm. because and, uh, Wilder is well known to be a good puncher. What makes him what he is? Uh, so excited and popular is because he's such power, you know. He's mm. 42 fights, he knocked out, what, 40 guys, 41 fighters. Mm. I mean, 98% of his winners by KO. Uh, who else? Not even, not even Mike Tyson, you know what I mean? This fight is going to be a total different fight than the one that we saw last time. And what have you made of uh, uh, Wilder's preparations and the fact that he has an, another trainer now for this fight? 
I think that the last fight he lost the trial was discipline. He didn't discipline himself 100%. You know, he gave it for granted. He saw that it was going to be an easy fight. And second, mentally, he wasn't mentally 100% of the fight. Uh, if you're not prepared mentally for the fight, then you can't win. You can't go to the fight with pride. That's what, and distraction, too. You know, distraction, like he got his wife with him all the time. His wife was hanging around. The training come and the hotel. He got to the hotel like 10 days before the fight in Las Vegas. Uh, too many distractions. And then after the fight, go back there again and enjoy life. You know what I mean? <laughs> So you have to stay away from all those things, you know. And uh, so, be a trainer. Uh, it's not just training the fighter mentally or physically for the fight. Also, you get them prepared. And everything, everything you do with the fighter, everything about life itself, you know, you got to make sure they, you know, they train good, they eat right, they rest good, good sleeping, you know, no distraction. Just have the people around. The people are only working with you. From Fury, uh, Louis, what what are you expecting from Fury? What have you made of Tyson Fury in these two fights? You know, Fury, I think that he's going to try to do the same thing. Now, he's coming heavy for the fight, you know. He said that he's putting like 25 more pounds for this fight because mm. it's going to help him. I, I think uh, an extra weight in any fighter, I slow you down. I slow you down, mm. you know. It can make you a little bit more solid, stronger, but it's going to slow, uh, slow you down. You're going to move slow. I think that uh, Fury should have come exactly the same way that he came to the last fight. The same way, maybe a couple pounds heavy, but I don't know. We're going to see him to try it. What happened? Uh, Wilder is going to be about, probably about 220, 225, which is good for him. So, some but people, uh, Louis, are saying Fury, because he's got the WBC heavyweight belt, is the best heavyweight at the moment in the world. Do you agree with that statement? No, I don't. No, I don't think that Fury is the best heavyweight there. Mm. No. Uh-huh. Why? I, I don't think it is. I mean, there's a lot of upcoming fighters, good upcoming fighters, and they don't have the opportunity because promotions, you know, Top Rank, you know, uh, Frank Warren from England, uh, they don't, it, it, it's not, it's hard to get rated with the WBC, WBA, WBO. It's, hard. it's all about money. It's all about the people that you're working with. You know, there's a lot of politics in boxing. For me, the best way right now, for me, is, is Putin. Because he beat Joshua. The best right, yeah. The one that just beat Joshua, yeah. At the end of this tournament, the final is going to be Wilder Usyk. Mm. That's going to be the fight. You know, and I like Wilder because he's punch. You know, it's exciting to see somebody that can punch like that. Just one punch and fight is over. Mm. You know what I mean? Pete uh, is more like a boxer. He likes to move, you know. I don't think that. I, I think I think the Wilder is going to stop Fury early before the sixth round. Okay, how's that? Louis Tapia all the way in the U.S. in Vegas, um, tipping Wilder to stop Fury in six rounds. Colin Nathan all the way from Hotbox Gym in Johannesburg, tipping Fury to beat Wilder. So that's boxing for you. And I just had a quick look at the odds. The odds have it. Um, these are UK odds, so I need to be careful now. So they've got wa- they've got Fury four to nine. Four to nine will be four to ten South African odds. They've got Wilder thirteen to five. That will be five to two, and the draw is twenty five to one. So Fury 
is a big favorite according to the bookmakers to defend his title and keep his WBC belt. Wilder is a 5-2 to two shot. I don't know if there's value there, 5-2 to two on Wilder to beat Fury. I don't even know if there's value on Fury um, at 4-10 to because it seems very, very short. And then the draw, 25-1. to one. I don't think we want to draw because if we have a draw, they might want to fight for the fourth time again. But Fury will keep his belt. So the draw is 25-1. to one. Uh, I guess I guess the value will be probably with Wilder then at 5-2 to two then. Especially because he's got that one punch that can knock anybody out at any time. That's what he's done throughout his career. So it's a tough one if you're a betting man here. Um, but looking forward to an exciting fight between Fury and Wilder on Sunday morning uh, South African time. Let's finally put this this duel or this feud or this battle to bed. I think this will be the last fight between the two and and whoever wins it now. But what happens if Wilder wins it now? Because it will be 1-1 one, one and a draw. <laughs> and then Fury might want to fight again. Okay, let's leave it there. Let's not do the math. Let's just look ahead to the fight. But we're going to bring it back home now. We just want to uh, talk to Boxing South Africa. We saw the statement earlier in the week about the resignation of the COO and uh, the acting CEO, Ms. Sindinkomo. The resignation is immediate from January 2022. So she will still be um, around Boxing South Africa. And we joined on the line by the... Chairperson, Mr. Lutando Jack. Chairperson, good evening from us on SAFM. Thank you for speaking to us this evening. Good, good evening, Tadiso, and thanks for having us. Thanks, Chairperson. Did the resignation of the COO catch you by surprise? Yes, um, we were surprised as, uh, uh, as the board uh, by, uh, by her resignation. I think uh, our statement uh, basically says it uh, all, as you have just uh, now Did you try? Yeah, I mean, yes? uh, okay. so to um, uh, one 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 task uh, that uh, we we set ourselves to do. Uh, I mean, we can cast uh, the vision as the as the board, but uh, uh, we are part time, as you know. Mm. Uh, the execution of that vision uh, uh, ought to be done by the uh, by the administration. And um, in order for that to be done at administrative level, you really need uh, stability, you know, in your in your in your in your organisation. So when you have then um, an acting CEO who is also, in terms of a substantive position, director operations uh, resigning, uh, then uh, that basically uh, sets you uh, back, uh, you know. In terms of uh, the objectives that you set your, yourself to achieve, you know, as the mm. as the board, so we truly regret her um, uh, resignation, you know, as the board. Did you try to convince her to stay, Chairperson? We we tried uh, to convince her to to stay, but uh, we could only get uh, at, at, at three months. Um, mm-hmm. uh, of which we are, we are grateful, uh, we are grateful for. Um, so that uh, because critical now is uh, the management of uh, transition between now and the end of uh, and the end of December. And as our statement uh, um, uh, articulates, uh, so what we'll be focusing on now is to really fast track uh, the advertisement and the filling uh, um, of the position of director operations 
because as you know, unfortunately, we're still in court with respect to um, the substantive position that uh, she's acting on, mm. which is the CEO. And, and again, uh, we are pushing for that to be speedily resolved uh, in court. Of course, it's got to be done uh, within legal means. Uh, we can't uh, shortcut, you know, the processes of the law. And and uh, the most unfortunate part about uh, about that is is that uh, it's outside our own control, you know, as mm-hmm. we board because courts um, take their own time and uh, uh, in processing matters that are before them. Is that the issue with Mr. Kliti? Yes, yes. Oh, and then is that why then, Chairperson, it's taken so long to fill this position permanently? Yeah, that's why it has taken so long to fill this position um, uh, permanently because um, we are avoiding a situation uh, uh, that the the pre- previous board uh, found itself in, uh, wherein the CCMA pronounced uh, in favour of uh, the arbitration in favour of uh, Mr. Priti, and at that time we had uh, Mr. Nijaga. So we don't want to go ahead and appoint a CEO and then the court finds in favor of Mr. Clinton, then find ourselves caught up in a process of having two CEOs, you know, as a as an organization. So we do think that from a risk point of view, the weight uh, is much better, even though um, the challenge then is that um, we then have this uncertainty right at the top of your administration as an organization mm. um, in terms of uh, the provision of... Uh, uh, a strategic leadership, you know, to the uh, to the administration, and also because boxing South Africa is very thin at the top. You've just got uh, three senior executives at the top: the CEO, the director of operations, as well as uh, the the, CF, uh, the CFO. So, so that if you are crippled at that level, uh, if you've got one that is not present, then it becomes a challenge, you know, in terms of uh, that full complement driving um, uh, the organization towards a particular a, a particular direction. And as you know, we articulated our vision. Uh, we've been uh, through, we've been in four provinces now articulating the vision where we want to go and also getting feedback, you know, from our licenses. The expectations are so high, mm-hmm. such that um, we've got to really act urgently in terms of realizing that vision. Otherwise, if we don't act urgently in realizing that vision, um, uh, people's expectations may then be uh, may then be lowered. So, which is why it is critical for us to have stability at the level of the, the uh, at the top, you know, in terms of our administration. And mm-hmm. and and so, therefore, our statement uh, has got to be also understood, you know, within that uh, within that that uh, that context. But but also, our statement has got to be understood. Uh, within the context of uh, the acting CE, CE's contribution, you know, uh, mm. particularly in terms of uh, providing uh, uh, innovative ways of uh, building systems, you know, in uh, in boxing South Africa, as well as uh, also providing uh, the requisite uh, uh, administrative um, uh, systems in terms of uh, procedures. Um, uh, 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 policies, including innovations, uh, like for instance, uh, the fact that now the licensing system is uh, uh, is uh, is uh, it has been automated. But that's mm. part of our vision uh, to make sure that boxing 
is um, uh, that Boxing South Africa is the first choice when it comes to current information, you know, on boxing matters, you know, in the in the country. For instance, I normally say, if there was a tournament yesterday, the following day you must be able to see the outcomes of that tournament, including the clips, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of what happened uh, uh, in that uh, in that tournament. You shouldn't start so and ask for information from third parties uh, in terms of what happened and so on. You must know that you'll get that information uh, from Boxing South Africa, just like all other, yes. uh, most federations do, you know, in the country, be it PSL, be it um, SRAP and, uh, uh, and so on, yeah. And she was also at the forefront of the return to play after COVID disrupted everything in the sporting, in the sporting world. But why did she resign then, Chairperson? What reasons did she give? Well, Tabiso, um, I'm, I'm, I'm very much, uh, 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 from a principal point of view, reluctant to discuss resignations of uh, employees, you know, with the, with the public, because I consider that to be, to be unethical. I always um, uh, understand that there's a relationship, you know, between employer and employee. Needless to say, uh, we. Um, I mean, uh, she had approached me some time back, you know, about uh, wanting to, wanting to to leave uh, the organisation. She discussed with me her reasons, uh, and I asked her to stay um, uh, to stay on. And I, st- I stated as to why we, I wanted to to basically stay on, you know, in the uh, in the organisation. But but um, um, of course, she said no. She would want to move on and focus on other on other things. And then we agreed, you know, on a timeline, you know, around uh, around her exit, you know, from the uh, from the organisation. So, so that's the type of relationship that we had, you know, and uh, basically the the two of us, as well as that's the type of relationship that we had. Uh, um, uh, she had with the uh, with the board, and I must say it was unanimous, you know, within the board. Um, no opposition whatsoever, no reservation to say let's extend, uh, you know, um, let's ask her to stay up till the end of uh, the end of um, December. Those were shocked, uh, you know, as an organisation. But uh, but I think also this was as a result of uh, the appreciation of her contribution, you know, to the um, to mm. the sport. Would it, would her resignation have anything to do with the tournament on Friday last week of Kawa Boxing Academy that went ahead? Because she was on this show saying the tournament did not follow the proper processes. It shouldn't go ahead. No, I mean, uh, talking about that um, that tournament, uh, 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 there's a lot that has been written about, about, uh, uh, about it. Uh, and we believe uh, uh, in... Uh, the consistent application of uh, rules of uh, of boxing, uh, and I've seen many statements that have been written about uh, about it. So, so, so the decision we've um, uh, we've taken is to basically ask all parties that were involved in that uh, in that tournament. One, the sanctioning uh, committee, as you know, the sanctioning committee is the board, the, the committee of the board that is responsible, you know, for the sanctioning of uh, 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 of tournaments. So I've asked the sanctioning committee, I've asked the acting CEO herself, you know, to write a report uh, about uh, um, uh, what exactly what exactly happened. We may also have to ask the, the promoter as well to also write a report uh, uh, um, uh, uh, from.
from his perspective. So that then we evaluate all the facts uh, around this tournament. Uh, so that then um, we comment and act on the basis of uh, facts, you know, before before us. Because the temptation to uh, act on the basis of what is in the public domain, uh, I mean, no self-respecting board can be able to really uh, uh, to do to really do that. Otherwise, we'll have no respect, you know, from any uh, 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 from anyone, uh, you know. Uh, so, so, so that's the position that we have taken. That uh, all parties, the chair of the sanctioning committee, um, uh, as well as um, uh, the acting CE, um, I would also ask the promoter, all of them, to write uh, to us in terms of exactly what has uh, 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 what has happened. So, should the uh, tournament not have gone ahead then? If the tournament. Hmm? should it not have gone ahead, if you now want an explanation of why it went ahead? No, no. Um, remember, it went uh, it went ahead, and then there's this noise. Uh, uh, so, hence now we're saying we really want to understand what 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 exactly happened, so that we can be able to uh, pronounce whether the tournament should have or should not have gone uh, gone ahead. But but at the moment, isn't it too, a bit too to late for that? Without, uh, without uh mm. without that information i beg your pardon no i'm saying so were the proper processes followed for the tournament to go ahead because it's already happened now yes that's what i'm saying so remember the the, the sanctioning of tournaments is done uh, this is how the process works the tournament uh, uh, the application goes to a provincial manager uh, and the provincial manager sends it to head office uh, head office uh, looks at it and then uh, sends it uh, to the sanctioning uh, committee. It's the sanctioning committee that takes a decision whether a tournament must happen on, or, or, not, or, or must not happen, and the mm. sanctioning committee is the committee of the board. Mm. But if decisions are not tested with the board, it takes final decisions because it's like it's an operational committee. So, 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 so they need not to run their decisions by the board before they implement them because uh, applications happen um, uh, every day. So they take those decisions. That's why I'm saying it's like an operational committee, but but it is a, a committee of the uh, a, a committee of the board. So that's why now I'm saying uh, because we don't participate in their processes as a board. That's why we're asking for a report given now the noise that is out there, you know, in this. That, so that we can then be able to, of course, pronounce after the fact. Okay, let me just play you a clip of what the COO said on our show last week, um, Chairperson, before we let you go. It, it makes it difficult for me mm. um, as the acting CEO to um, come on this platform and, uh, you know, give 100% assurance that this tournament has been um, sanctioned. It is a new promoter, uh, mm. Mr. Saliwa. Um, and unfortunately, um, you know, processes were not followed, um, and therefore I, I, I'm not uh, comfortable, uh, and I will not be able to say that uh, there is a tournament. So she, this acting CEO came on air and said processes were not followed, um, uh, Chairperson, so she was clear that the tournament should not have gone ahead, and you are saying that you are not sure if processes were followed or not. Yes, that's what that's what I'm saying. Uh, tell you so, um, uh, because uh, um, when I asked, for instance, the chair of the sanctioning committee, 
the chair of the sanction committee said uh, the, the 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 sanction committee sanctioned the tournament. You see, so which is why then, uh, uh, as the board, we must then get a report from all the players so that we can then understand uh, the nature of the situation and then act accordingly. Uh, uh, if you get what I'm saying, because if we don't, if we act now. Uh, on one side uh, um, uh, um, uh, of the story, uh, then 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 we may prejudice, uh, you know, the other side. So we've got to have uh, the totality of the situation, you know, before us, and then act accordingly. You know, having given an opportunity all the players uh, in this or, or all the affected parties to give us their own sides of the story. Uh, and, and thereafter, then arrive at an appropriate uh, a conclusion in terms of exactly what is what what should have happened or what should not, what should not have happened, you know, in this case. Mm. But if a high-ranking official like a COO, director of operations, or acting CEO says processes were not followed here, um, Chairperson, what more clarity do you do you need? No, but 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 uh, Tabiso, uh, you've got the acting. C- you're saying the acting CEO. Mm. Um, when was this interview? Last uh, week, Thursday. You? Last week, it, Wednesday. It was. It was. Uh, uh, it was Wednesday. Mm. You see, now you've got the chairperson of the sanctioning committee, uh, um, uh, who uh, who says um, uh, um, uh, the, the committee sanctioned the tournament. And the responsibility to sanction tournaments uh, 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 is that of the sanctioning committee uh, uh, in terms of uh, in terms of our procedures. Mm. So, 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 therefore, you you can't want us to now choose uh, which version is correct in the absence of information, Tariso. Mm. Otherwise, then we want. I mean, we don't deserve. You know, to be at the pinnacle of this organization, if we're going to act on the basis uh, of uh, lack of uh, total information, you know, before uh, before us, otherwise we'll have, uh, I mean, a, a quite a fallacious uh, decision uh, decision making. You know, but then the, shouldn't you have acted uh, the before board. the tournament? Then should you have asked for all this information before the tournament? Because now, like you're saying, you're going to act after the fact. No, Tabiso, remember, remember. The, the sanctioning committee sanctions tournaments. Almost, uh, it's an operational committee. They don't have to come to me. Uh, matters are brought to my attention uh, uh, for intervention. Then, if there's something, let's say, let's say, let's say, hypothetically, there was a dispute between the chair of the sanction between the sanctioning committee and the acting CE. Uh, then they will bring that matter to me, and then I intervene. But, but if such matters are not brought before us, we can therefore then invite us, you know, into the work of the into the work of the sanctioning. Of so, the sanctioning so before the tournament took place on Friday, you didn't know that there was a dispute. No, this is the you only heard about it after the tournament. Yes, I, I, I mean, I, I, I heard about it uh, um, uh, after 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 the tournament when there is this whole noise, you know, that is happening about. Uh, but but uh, it was about, in the media. Uh, it was in the media, Chairperson. Uh, uh, we even covered it no, last no, Wednesday. No, remember, it was in the remember, paper remember, also. Remember, Tabiso. Remember, Tabiso. There is a lot that is happening that is in the media about about boxing. Now, as the Chairperson, uh, uh, who is self-respecting, you you can't then 
uh, invite yourself into that. You've got to have confidence to your colleagues that they are going to deal with the matters that they are mandated to deal with. Otherwise, um, uh, you may as well then um, uh, be the chairperson of the function committee or be the function committee or be, or, or be the CEO you know, of the, of the organization. As I'm saying, I've done this uh, in many other areas. When matters were brought to me as the chairperson, and I'm not going to make examples about, uh, about those because we're not doing things for the media. We're doing things because we believe in them and we're doing them because they are right. And, and, and I intervened uh, decisively, you know, as the, uh, as the chairperson, you know, on those matters. Bring parties, all players, you know, uh, together, and then we deal with, the, with, that particular, with that particular matter. That's the approach. And we will continue with that type of, uh, with that type of approach. Otherwise, then, um, uh, we must then uh, operate on the basis of... Um, uh, whatever is happening, you know, in the media, in the in the media space, you know, and act on the basis of that instead of acting within the framework of our protocols and procedures. Okay, let's leave it there, Chairperson. We'll catch up with you again maybe when you've received uh, the report. Uh, but thank you for joining us on SAFM tonight. All right. Thanks, Kadisha. Thank you. That's the Chairperson of Boxing SA. Uh, Chairperson Lutando Jack, I'm not sure if I get it. You'd rather you be proactive than react after the fact because the tournament has happened now. Whether it was approved correctly or not, the processes were followed, but the tournament has happened. So, uh, And I also fail to understand why the chairperson would not have known about this before. We covered it on Wednesday. It was in the papers also. Um, so I, I really do not know. Okay, let's take a quick break. We're going to wrap up here with Bongani, Mr. Bongani Makasel. Who is responsible for compliance issues when the promoter... Who is responsible, in fact, to actually make sure that compliance issues are followed when the promoter is uh, is is applying to 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 stage a tournament? Because there's a conflict here. It looks like somehow the sanctioning committee um, should take that responsibility. Whereas I, uh, we understand that it's the decision of the of the administration of boxing south africa can can the the chairperson clarify this unfortunately the the chairperson is gone unfortunately but we have uh, journalist mr Bongani makasela on the line he's covered this story uh, even including the resignation of the coo brabongs uh, thank you for taking our call i know we were going to give you more time but we took a bit long with the chairperson are you surprised did the resignation of the COO catch you by surprise? And in your opinion, why do you think she has resigned? I know you've done some digging. Uh, good evening, Tabiso, and good evening to the listeners. <clears throat> I, I would say, yeah, it caught me by surprise because I have been monitoring uh, her conduct. At first, you know, the start was a bit shaky. Bumpy road, but uh, it, it was like you know she she was on top of a game. Mm. She had uh, successfully, you know, uh, convinced uh, a lot of her uh, detractors that, despite their criticism, that she knows nothing about the sport of boxing because that is what uh, you know people always say if you are to occupy 
an administration position in that sport that you must have practiced the sport. But she had managed successfully, quietly managed to convince them that administratively she was on top of the game. So why did she resign, Rabangs? Ooh, your, your, your guesses are as good as mine, Tabi. So I tried my best, you know, to twist her arm, uh, but she wouldn't. All what she said was, I've had my time. Uh, I enjoyed my time. It's time for me to, to move on. Would it have anything to do with the tournament that went ahead last week, in your opinion? Honestly speaking, uh, from my experience and observations, I think the issue, last week's issue, was a cherry on top. I honestly believe there have been lots of things happening, but, uh, you know, she probably thought things will get better. That's me talking. Mm. Because, really, you hold the highest office. doesn't matter uh, acting or some other people prefer to use the word temporarily. The fact of the matter is you occupy the highest office in terms of administration of you know, a company. Mm. Then the CEO, you, we know that position is sort of longer. Uh, I don't want to suggest that the chairperson in this instance that is return the check because it would be wrong of me to say or to even you know mention his name. You know, I'm just saying someone somewhere in an office lower than yours overrules you in an administrative uh, uh, decision. Basically, why must you be there? Was this tournament sanctioned, in your opinion, by the sanctioning committee? Fortunately, without fear or favor, because I'm part of the sanctioning committee, mm. we we did what we had to do as the sanctioning committee. You know, not looking into other matters that had nothing to do with us. Although uh, it was indicated, or we were warned by the office that, you know, a lot of things, one of them, the 10%, Cash monies, you know, were not in order. Basically, the tournament did not meet all the requirements for, you know, for the sanctions. But uh, as the sanctioning committee that looks into the eligibility of fighters, having checked with, uh, you know, doctors, with the boxers, those who lost their fights were eligible, had done their suspensions and whatnot. We we took a decision after a lengthy lengthy I must uh, insist a lengthy discussion because I personally was mm. So did you sanction it or not? It was not I, I wasn't happy to put my signature on it. So it wasn't sanctioned? No, I wasn't because of what the of the warning from the office uh, in Pretoria. But after, you know, lengthy discussions and with the chairperson, okay. we sanctioned it. Oh, you eventually sanctioned it, even though you were not happy. Yes.
Okay. Let's leave it there, Brabongs. Thank you. It's a pity we don't have enough time, but we'll continue maybe this conversation next week, next Wednesday. Maybe the COO will be in a position to talk to us next week, but we'll leave it there for now, only because of time. We're a minute late for news. Apologies. Kimudupi, is it you? That's